Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day. You deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. What's that? Who's trying to get in ahead of me? Stan Getz trying to get in there ahead of me? Yeah, how about you? I am addicted. Oh, I should say you listen to the humble farmer. You should be able to tell that by now. Pushing the wrong buttons here. I'm going to push that one there to make sure I get it shut down. I'm going to push this one here. Then I'm going to say thank you for listening. Then I'm going to say... I am addicted to the comments in the blog of our local newspaper. I have to read these comments every day. 
they are the voice of a huge class of main people that you're likely to encounter only on your local fairgrounds after 10 p.m. on warm summer nights as they wander about eating fried dough and slurping chocolate shakes. For example, one of them writes on this blog, I have four piercings, a tattoo, and often dye my hair. (laughs) I knew it would only be a matter of time before this blog morphed into a main dating agency. Thank you. 
Stan Getz here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. You know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. I should mention who's on there with him. Lou Levy on piano, Mont- Monty Budwig on bass. You don't hear about them much now. Victor Lewis on drums. I usually don't tell you who's playing, but I thought I should. Those particular fellas. If you read your newspaper's daily blog, much of what you read in the letters is name-calling. Now, although I have never researched name-calling, and I've never found out the reason people do it, I've always had the suspicion that name-calling was indicative of a feeling of inferiority. You can't do anything else to them so you call them names. It's pretty hard to hate the drunk sleeping on the street because he's right on the bottom of the social ladder. But some people might dislike anyone who has more snowmobiles or a bigger house or more education than they do. Now, I'm going to think about this, and you can help us here. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Why do people call other people names?
Fletcher Henderson. I'm going to be playing quite a bit of Fletcher Henderson here. We read in the newspaper about some little kids who were going to, well, I think they were going to bless some boats or do something like that. It doesn't matter if we're talking here about toy boats or real boats. And please forgive me for talking about taboo topics. But when I was a kid, we had a Bible in the desk, and every morning we were inspected to see that we had a fresh handkerchief and clean fingernails. And the other day, the other day, I saw a governor on television who seemed to be suffering from a runny nose and didn't seem to know what to do about it. So I don't know as I'm any the worse for my elementary education. Many people look at the Bible as nothing more than world-class literature. And not all who have spent many hours perusing its valuable pages take it literally. Who among us have not read parallels to the Bible, if not its very sources, in the epic of the god-man Gilgamesh or Aesop's fables? So why not suggest that the kids sprinkle some water on the fleet in the name of Zeus or Enkidu and let it go?
Gene Harris Big Band. And I get a kick every time I play this because there's a guy playing in the background there that I used to hire to play gigs with me at the University of Rochester. I've played fraternity parties. Always good to see that you helped launch some young hopeful musician on a successful career. Now, you might have watched Governor LePage on television the other day. I listened to him while I was eating an early supper. That's early supper. He said he'd, uh, he said he'd been to communist China, where he picked up some good ideas about education, and he thought they should be implemented here in our schools. Some good ideas from communist China about education that should be implemented in our schools. Now, you might agree with me that there is no better education than travel and that the man has taken, taken a step, you know, in the right direction. Let's hope he'll now go to socialist Sweden so he can come home with some ideas that should be implemented here by our government.
Fletcher Henderson, Fletcher Henderson, do 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 do. Not one of my favorite songs, but I think they do a good job with it there. You know, we like to play up tunes here on The Humble Farmer. Where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing these old fashioned up tunes just for you every week this time, right here on your favorite radio station. I am The Humble Farmer at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. And here is a newspaper headline that says, Olympic gold medalist killed when Swedish boat capsizes on San Francisco Bay. Poor men perish when their snowmobile goes through the ice or their ATV hits a tree. Rich men perish when their catamaran flips. Smart men stay home and read about it in the newspaper. Thank you. 
lot of fun Gray Sargent and Dave McKenna must have had playing that. Didn't that sound like they were having a lot of fun? Here, just for you, is a letter that was posted in our local newspaper by a member of Maine's intellectual community. It says, Okay, now that they've wasted so much time with this stupid junk, maybe they can figure out how to get some jobs in Maine, do something about the drug trafficking, make some laws for serial domestic abusers, control the child molesters, and figure out a way to heat besides heating oil, which is driving people out of Maine. Just little things like that. Well, I quickly reply, wow, figure out a way to heat besides heating oil. <laughs> what an opportunity there. I finally get a chance to tell my Maine friends something that a few obviously don't already know. Hey, there's a new thing called solar energy that some of us have discovered and are presently using to slash our oil and electric bills. Although I appeared in Maine's first solar energy commercials that Sandra Dixon produced in 1987, I didn't really understand the money-saving power of solar energy at the time. I thought you had to be rich to have solar hot water heaters. Yes, I, I didn't know that you could build them in your own barn. All I needed was someone to tell me that it could be done and how to do it. When George W. Bush started his Iraq war, I knew the price of gasoline and heating oil was going to skyrocket. And was I right or was I right? And it was back then that I asked my learned friends to show me how to build solar hot water heaters and PV panels. It's no secret that I now spend most of my working day in my office in my solar radiant heated cellar. <laughs> Yes, it is possible to build your own solar collectors which heat your home or your cellar. It is so simple that an 8th grade student with two thumbs can do it. You just have to have someone who's done it show you how easy it is. On the side of my house I have eight solar panels which I made. Listen to this, the glass came from old doors I got on the dump. My cellar floor is an insulated slab of concrete with little pipes in it. The sun heats the liquid in the solar collectors outside beside the house. When the liquid in the solar collectors gets hot enough, a thermostat starts the pump. Click, 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 which circulates the hot liquid. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle through the pipes in the cellar floor. My solar hot water heaters heat my domestic hot water as well. That means the stuff I take my showers with and wash the dishes and that stuff. That's domestic hot water. And my solar hot water heaters heat this domestic hot water as well as my office in the cellar. Well, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So you might be asking right now, why doesn't everyone in Maine jump on this money-saving solar energy bandwagon? Listen closely. Many patriotic Americans would rather pay $2,000 a winter for oil than put up solar hot water heaters and look like a whining liberal. 
design. Nice changes to that song. It's one of the songs I try to play on the piano. Do, 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 do. Nice bridge there. For over 35 years, many people listen to my radio program, not for the music, but for the occasional scraps of wisdom that I would unleash in some of my better moments. And I am about to unleash some wisdom now, if you're ready. One morning, before cutting down some birch trees, I put some gas and some oil in my chainsaw. There's a little place on front where you pour the gas and a little place on back where you pour the oil. It is impossible to get confused and mix them up because you have been chainsawing wood for over 60 years and besides, there is a little picture of an oil can beside the oil hole and a picture of a gas pump beside the gas hole. But one day, not too long ago, I put the gas in the oil hole and the oil in the gas hole. And when I got over to the birch trees and started my chainsaw, it didn't take long before it stopped. Which is when I finally figured out what was going on. I figured out by sticking my finger in the oil hole and saw that sure enough, I had put gas in the oil tank and oil in the gas tank. Now, if you have never had this happen to you, sooner or later it probably will when you get old. And there is nothing unusual about a man getting confused like this when he gets old, and you should not be ashamed when it happens to you. And now the wisdom part you've been waiting for. Don't tell your wife about it unless you want to sleep alone out in the garage. Thank you. 
at the end. Humble here on your favorite radio station where with any luck at all you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com and as you know I am weak. It is not a pleasant thing to have to admit but I do have to admit it. I am one of the unfortunates who functions better after an infusion of mind-altering drugs. Why don't I fight it? I do, for the first four or so hours of every day, but around 10 a.m. when I pass through the kitchen, I cast a sidelong glance at the stainless steel pot with the inviting black top. And all too often I stand there and I curse my weakness as I pour the life-giving liquid into a cup decorated with sheep playing musical instruments. It takes a while for the dope to do its thing, but suddenly, without knowing why, I'm looking at the expensive rockport loafers on my feet, and I feel good about myself, because I'm wearing a nice-looking pair of rich kid shoes. My heart swells with gratitude to Helen Hyer, who, upon her husband's passing, gave me hundreds of dollars' worth of his warm jackets and fancy rich kid Rockport shoes. Because my shoes will outlast me, as will most everything else I'm wearing, unless an exasperated wife cuts it up for rags, I, I think to myself that I'll be grateful to Helen Hyer for the rest of my life. But then I realize that even though I'm suddenly motivated to hang up the light by the shower, you know, the one that my wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, has been wanting for two years, I'm still me, and that nothing has changed except the molecules of the drug drink that have somehow lit a bonfire in my brain. And I am once again reminded why every employer wanting to turn a profit keeps a boiling pot of coffee in the employee's lounge.
These are ending so quick. Almost time to get out here home. My friend Heather Grill says, I have 4,800 messages in my box. 1,800 unread. Well, as Vito Corleone asked, how did things ever get so far? I just had to dump over 4,000 messages out of my other email program in the old computer before I could mail out my weekly wine and snivel newsletter to my radio friends. Of course, I abandoned sifting through them long ago and told friends that I only saw letters addressed to me at thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Only half a dozen junk emails get through there in a day, and I tell the machine to delete anything else that comes from that address that was a junk mail and of course the gmail is what tells me that you have posted things on my facebook page and don't ask me how it knows anyway we have the ability now to communicate with friends quickly and economically but the things get so jammed up with email from people trying to sell us something that it becomes unusable just like the Roads in Los Angeles. <laughs> 